This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Your immune system is heavily influenced by the state of your emotions. Did you ever have a stomachache after hearing worrisome news? You might have felt hot, anxious, stomach swirling, or other physical sensations in your body if you were fearing you would be late for a meeting. Perhaps you were the speaker. Perhaps you had a bad night's sleep and felt physically ill. Three scenarios share one thing in common— overstimulated nervous systems. In your entire body, you have a nervous system that controls homeostasis, which is a fancy word for balance. Your nervous system regulates your breath, heartbeat, circulation, digestion, blood pressure, brain chemistry, and many other functions. Suddenly, the mind can flip the body from rest and digest calmness to fight or flight chaos. Although this mechanism is intended to outrun tigers, it is often triggered when we perceive danger that doesn't exist. A person's nervous system immediately affects their immune system. Our connection to chronic infections lies here. When your nervous system is under stress, whether that stress is a result of the past or present, it immediately affects your immune system. Healing begins with unpacking stress in your body and mind to unburden your immune system. We store stress when we cannot handle it all in the moment. The body is a great place to store it. The goal is to find hidden stress lurking beneath conscious awareness and trapped in the physical body. Energy medicine is a highly effective and fast way to do this without having to relive your past. Disconnect energy drains, restore function of your immune cells, and start feeling better, often immediately. Let the body share where it is stuck and unburden so it can heal naturally with its own power. You do not need to be at the mercy of virus, bacteria, parasite, or fungi. Your body knows how to handle these infections without difficulty if your immune system is functioning in balance. It's time to restore your immune system with energy medicine so you can step into your full strength and resilience. Your body and mind will thank you. Valeria interviews Sarah Lascano. She is the founder of Ray Zen Energy, creator of the Ray Zen Lightwork Technique, and master biofield therapist. She is an internationally recognized, best-selling author, speaker, and energy medicine practitioner. Sarah is known for revolutionizing healthcare because she helps her clients and audiences learn an integrative and innovative approach to healing backed by science that can treat resistant chronic illness. 
She is a recognized holistic and energy healing expert and merges her engineering training with practical spiritual wisdom. Sarah is known for her down-to-earth, heart-centered speaking style and healing because it includes science-based solutions, authentic delivery, and content-rich strategies. Meet Sarah at RayZenEnergy.com. Here's the interview with Sarah Lascano. In your own words, who is Sarah Lascano? Sarah Lascano is a grounded spiritual teacher and energy medicine healer who has a passion for helping people realize they have the power to heal themselves, even if the rest of the world is saying that healing is not possible. She's someone who's really passionate about helping people know they have options. (sighs) What's not to love about everything that you just said. (laughs) So we talked briefly off record about the transition from being an engineer to what you're doing today. So I'm curious to know how this happened. Well, it's actually a great story. And I, I do talk a little bit more about it in the anthology book where I authored my own chapter. But my health crashed. I was pregnant with my first child and super excited as any new parent would be. And I had a nasty bout of food poisoning and my health completely started to deteriorate. And I ended up with chronic fatigue syndrome, multiple food sensitivities, many, many food sensitivities, and uh, lots of digestive problems and a child that had those two. And No one had answers for me. So my quest to recover my own health is what led me to this entire world of alternative and complementary healing. Wow, that's incredible how by trying to help ourselves, we ended up helping others. I find that to be true, really, really true. So I guess my next question is about what do you do? The Raisin. So you're the founder of Raisin Energy, creator of uh, the Raisin Lightwork Technique, and also master biofield therapist. You just mentioned your labels. I'm saying that again. Energy uh, medicine practitioner. So Raisin. That caught my attention. What is Raisin Energy? How does it work, Sarah? So you know, I use light. I I'm a heart-centered healer. I use light, which is just energy, to listen. I listen to the body. I let it tell me where it is stuck. There's no way I could know what is wrong with everyone with all their different health conditions and past experiences. But the body knows. And Mm. so I listen to the body. And then I use light to release blockages that are keeping the body from its natural state, which is to to intelligently know how to heal. Our body innately knows how to heal. We wouldn't be here otherwise. So if the body is not healing, there's something blocking it. And that is what my light work technique is about. It's about listening and unblocking so that people can reclaim their health. That sounds wonderful to me, the idea of listening. That is something that we often don't do. We love speaking and just interacting, but not not really listening. How does it happen, this process of listening? 
Well, I, I, you know, I, I tell people that everyone has this ability. We, we think that it's only special people or, yeah, but we all do. I've actually taught people who have zero intuitive training whatsoever how to do this. But it's, it's a state of quieting your mind and having your own mind be clear so that you can tune into someone's energy and allow it to speak to you. So I use my intuitive senses to pick up information from the body and and the body shares in a variety of different ways. I might see, you know, an area of congestion. I might feel tightness in the chest. I might... I, I might flash up with a memory of of mother in my mind, you know, their mother, something with mother. Whatever it is, the body communicates with me through my intuitive senses where it is stuck. Wow. That sounds fascinating, the world of intuition. And what I'm often wondering has been one of my practices is knowing the difference between intuition and my imagination or my wishes, my desires even, or belief systems, or even trauma responses, who knows? So how do we learn to know the difference, Sarah? There's a very, very simple way. And that is to pay notice to where your mind, what was happening when you received the information. If your mind was busy and you were thinking it's very possible that that is interference from the conscious mind. If your mind was clear and quiet and you were present when you received that information, it's very highly likely that that is intuitive information. And that is the most reliable way that I know is to consider where the information came from and when. Because the mind gets in the way, thinking gets in the way, right, of intuition. Can we actually get information, intuitive information, while we sleep? Not just from meditating, but also while we sleep? Or, or it's not, it wouldn't be clear? Oh, 100%. I think when we sleep, we, we get more clarity. Mm -hmm. yeah. The trick is just remembering. So I receive a lot of information while I sleep, or I get woken with that information. Um, my sleep gets disturbed sometimes if I don't have enough time to meditate throughout my day. So yes, I think it's a very powerful way to receive messages and information through dream state or in those little twilight moments before you go to sleep or when you right before you wake or as you're waking. Yes, I have rely on that a lot of times when I'm asleep because a lot of times I don't have the time even. I don't like the idea of time throughout the day. I'm just engaged in so many things that I wait for the nighttime, just going to sleep and just being open to what comes up. You mentioned the book. So you co-wrote this one chapter in the book, The Art and Truth of Transformation for Women. I want to mention that again here. And another question, the open question that I have for you, given that we all different, we all unique, what is... What is the goal of healing if there is one, if we can share a common thread when it comes to healing? What would that be, Sarah? What would that look like? Oh, that's a fascinating question. I, you know, I, I really think there are two levels to that question. So I am a health-focused healer. I help people with clinical problems. They have bowel disease and cancer and food sensitivities. And so the number one goal is to get them feeling better. That's absolutely the physical goal is to help them get relief. 
as well as with anxiety disorders and emotional things too. But but the overarching, if we take a look at what we are doing when we go through our healing journeys, the number one overarching goal, I believe, is enlightenment because we are cleansing our energy field. We are getting clarity to allow us to be in higher vibration with our true, you know, our true divine nature. Mm. Yes. Wow. That's another fascinating topic that I absolutely love to talk about. That divine nature, our true self. How would you describe what that is? If, if we can describe it, if it's possible. We have a part of us that is free of our false ego, our personality, our pain, our belief systems, our thoughts. That part of us is what I call our higher self. It's our soul. It's, um, it's, it's that essence of us that has the big picture that knows why we're here, knows what we're here to do, mm. knows what we're capable of even. Yeah. That part of us, when we are in alignment with that part of us, we feel in flow. We feel that we're making a difference. We feel that we're living our purpose. We feel content. We feel peaceful. And life flows in a very easy and peaceful fashion. Not that we won't always have little moments of discord, but our major struggles and suffering are gone because we have conquered them when we are in full alignment with this part of us. And so, you know, I, I really think our mission is to get as much aligned with that part of us as we can. Yes. And that doesn't sound too scientific, but this is something that has been explored, is being explored these days. Consciousness, we hear that a lot within the, the scientific community, mostly quantum physicists, but lots of scientists. So do you actually connect or Better yet, don't separate the idea, the concept of science and spirituality, or you do. Do you make a distinction between them, a clear distinction? Absolutely not. I think it, it all is one. It all is one. It's just different ways to access the same information. I, I, I like to approach consciousness, healing, spirituality, energy, the body, even the mind, the thoughts from a very grounded perspective, because we are living here on this earth and we need healing and we need experiences that can help us but that are digestible, that we can make sense of, because we are supposed to be living here. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so I mm -hmm. am a consciousness-based healer. I use consciousness throughout all that I do, and I am a quantum healer. You know, we're working mm -hmm. with quantum energy. Yeah. And, and when we combine the physical, the mental, the emotional with that spiritual and quantum consciousness opportunity, there's tremendous power. I always think we're being a bridge between heaven and earth is mm. really how I think of it. Yes, I love that. Beautifully said. Beautiful, beautifully said, Sarah. Yes. I remember asking somebody about the purpose of life. What's the purpose of the human experience? And I remember this person said to me, it's to be here, to be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's simple. Uh, she said, yes, uh, it's to be here. So your idea of consciousness is actually the same as the true nature, the, our divine nature? Or consciousness is everything and can be anything? Consciousness is everything. I mean, the rock in your driveway is made mm -hmm, yes. of energy, right? <laughs> yes. Our body is made of energy. 
our thoughts are made of energy. We are all energy. Everything in this experience is a quantumly projected experience. So it is all one in the same. I know that's hard to to touch, really. <laughs> yes. It, it's it's the it, it's the underpinning. It's the strata that we are all made from. Mm, yes. So in a way, I'm a student of Vedanta, Advaita Vedanta. It's non-duality. And they, that's how they explain, right? As if everything, think about gold and the forms that gold can take. So when you remove the gold, when you remove the form, the gold is still there. So consciousness is, is not that everything, consciousness isn't everything, is that everything is in consciousness. That's how they say, which really resonates with me. But another thing that I would like to say about this idea, oh yes, so do you get this impression that human beings are able to reflect, let's say, not the essence of consciousness, but, but maybe the purity of it. We are able to reflect that. The mind is able to reflect when it's purified, of course, when it's clear and calm. Is that something that resonates with you somehow, Sarah? 100% yes uh, you know in my pro in my practice what I am doing is clearing energy blockages that are caused by stresses of all kinds trauma belief systems family threads just anything any experiences that we've been through and those are almost disruptors to the purity of consciousness so mm, yeah. I always like to think of it yeah. as a pair of sunglasses yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and the, the the shade of the sunglasses are or it's a prism that is coloring our projection, our creation. And so what I do is I clear those prisms of that shading so that it, the clarity of projection can now project a, a healthy physical body and a clear mind and a joyful experience rather than anxiety and fear and cancer and and discord, digestive woes, whatever it is, that is caused by those energy disruptions. Yes. So in a way, as somebody has said, it's not really finding the truth, but uncovering the truth, isn't it? I agree with that. Yes, okay. 100%. Yeah, I heard that before. I was like, <laughs> my God, that's so true. <laughs> it's so, so true. Uncovering. So there's something else, something else that caught my attention. I know I want to go back to your work, but this is part of what you do. But it caught my attention, the phrase I mentioned off record. You said, our heart energy governs our immune system, and that keeps us safe from just about any illness. So talk to me about the heart energy. So the heart energy is one of our, it actually, I think, is the strongest energy field in the body. We Doctors even acknowledge that it exists. We measure it with EKGs. That is measuring the energy of the heart. And our heart rate, of course, is a representation of that energy beating through the heart. But our heart energy also controls our immune system. And that is through the thymus gland, which trains our T cells. So this is these are our primary killers that keep us safe, and they are trained in the heart energy. Now, we know from medical research that how you feel, how much stress you're under, influences your immune system. And if you are super stressed, your immune system is affected. It's, it's slanted toward inflammatory mode, and it doesn't have the resources to devote to offense. I always think of it as a, a defense or offense. So this is how the heart energy very strongly controls 
the strength of our immune system and its ability to protect us from all the different things that float around viruses, bacteria, parasites, all of it. Wow. Yeah, I have heard about research. I think it's called the heart math. I'm not sure if that's the name. Oh, I love heart math. Yes, right. They studied that. And I interviewed somebody here long ago. Yes, as you said, everything's energy. There's something about the heart, yeah, that it's different. It feels different, that energy. But it feels abstract, I guess, to most of us because perhaps the mind is not as clear. We're not meditating specifically on it. And then it's not easy, easily identified. But I can tell, though, my heart opens. It becomes warm around the chest area when I hear something that makes me happy (laughs) in a sense of anything that has to do with universal, anything that's universal kind of opens my heart for some reason, a lot more the individual for some reason. Yes, And and we have to remember that love and compassion Mm. Mm. are the highest vibration energies that we have available to us. Like if, if we just look at the vibrational quality of energy, when you feel love and compassion, it lights you up. That's why we do gratitude journals. And that energy is enough to change and heal just about anything. It's it's a much stronger energy source. So if you've ever been to a healer who is more control focused and using their brain, you're going to get a whole different energy than if you go to a healer who is heart focused and using the power of that heart energy. And that's why it's the highest vibration we have. So it's, it's when we can access that energy, we are almost, it's almost as if we are blessing everything around us. And um, I think it's Matt Kahn has a funny little teaching about disarming people who are really angry by sending them love energetically. It will completely disarm them if they're upset with you. So it's fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very much sounds like fun because this is something that's available to everyone. It's here now, but we we often dance around the brain, the mind realm. So how do you understand the brain and the mind, Sarah? Are we interpreting, perceiving the world through the mind, which means even the energies of the heart, everything is being filtered by the mind, or there's something else, um, perhaps what we call pure consciousness or intuition? I don't know. So talk to me about that for a moment. Sure. Well, um, our mind, remember, our mind has a conscious and a subconscious component. And the subconscious part of our brain is up to over 80% of our function. And honestly, it's probably higher than that. So the average, I've seen estimates of between 40,000 and 90,000 thoughts a day that the mind (laughs) generates. And 80% of those are subconscious and 90% of them are the same as the day before. So our conditioning completely rules our mind. When we meditate, we are circumventing that mind. When we are present, we are quieting that mind. So we are able to get to a much more pure consciousness by avoiding the mind completely when we are in those states. But we can't live there. So what we need to do is 
cleanse the mind. We need to get rid of these subconscious patterns, these traumas that are creating those filters. And I do like to think of them as filters. these, These belief systems that the world is dangerous or we're not safe or we're not good enough or our body isn't strong enough to be healthy. There are tons of them. These these belief structures keep the mind busy and they keep it focused on false narratives that then create dysfunction. So a big part of my work is dismantling those so that the mind can quiet, the nervous system can heal. And yes, the brain plays a key key role in that because it's a, it's the storage facility for all these these belief patterns and it's also the the physical, the physiology and the anatomy of the brain is what actually gets stimulated and the the brain chemistry changes when we are thinking these destructive thoughts. Right. Yes. I have heard in you, I'm sure you have too, the trauma changed the brain. So everything else, right, Sarah, all the experiences we go through, somehow we change the body. So you mentioned, yes, I have another question for you about your clients, do they, I guess the question is about believing in knowing, do they start by believing that they are energy and, and that somehow energy can heal them? Or some of them, they actually know that they are energy and everything is energy. Uh, some of my clients do know that they are, I, I think most of my clients actually do not know that they are energy. They know that they have a physical symptom. They know that how they feel matters. A lot of my clients are, they attend yoga. They've, they've maybe seen a Reiki practitioner in the past. They're, they're sometimes aware of energy and sometimes not. And I help them recognize just how important how they feel is to their physical health. Yes. And do you have this kinds of conversations with them about energy, that we are energy? I mean, the way we are having a conversation now, is that something that ever comes up? Absolutely, it does. <laughs> and, and it, you know, it, it often comes up when we do a session and the very next day they have uh-huh. a massive improvement mm. in a symptom and they're scratching their head yeah. trying to figure out how <laughs> yes. did that happen? Mm. And it's it's that discussion. Well, we changed it at the energetic level. The physical follows the energy. Yes. Uh, and what is better than that, right? Experiencing. We don't yes. have to believe in it. It's just, it's what is. It's, it's happening here now. What is not to love about experiencing something? Although I do love concepts. Absolutely mm-hmm. love concepts. Beautiful ones, of course. You know, like the concept of love. Like, what is love? I, I use... I used to ask this question all the time, I think uh, two years ago on this podcast, and then I stopped for some reason. But that came to mind, just as you mentioned, we were talking about the heart and and you mentioned, you said love, compassion. So that kind of came into uh, the mind, like I'll ask her the question about love. What What is your understanding of love, Sarah? What is to love? What is love? To me, you know, when I think of what is love, I think of compassion. I think of empathy. I think of seeing people as an extension of ourselves. You know, we are all connected. We are all human. And even people that are doing things that we don't understand or that we don't agree with, they are human and they have 
they have experiences that have led them to that place. And if we can hold that that respect for the human condition, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just understanding that we all have a journey and sometimes their journeys are really hard. And sometimes we are damaged and we are scarred. And it's having that compassion because when we can hold that compassion for ourselves or someone else, we are inviting them to join us where we are. So if we can hold that higher vibration, we're in, inviting them through love and compassion, through acceptance to come and join us where it's better. It feels better. It, it helps heal the world better. Everything is better when we feel better. Mm, so true. Yeah, I love that answer too. I have to use the same word. That's how I, the concept of love. It's just so amazing. I guess mine has evolved to this another concept of the concept of freedom. When I think about pure consciousness, what the essence, the ground of everything that exists, which is coming from existence, then it's freedom. So everything is exercising freedom. And if it, if this is the essence of what we are, then there must be love because he allows everything to be, to simply be. Yes. Right? To, yes. to do, manifest itself how it wishes that's a tough one, I know, for the intellect, as you said. It's not easy to see the violence and injustice. That's something that really gets to me. Injustice mm-hmm. towards children, animals. Ah, that's a tough one <laughs> too. It is hard. You know what? I, I have a lot of clients that really suffer from this and it, and it hurts their body. It, it does weigh on their body. And what I, I like to remind people, and it may be helpful right now with all the chaos in the world, is that we don't know the big picture. We don't know why these events are happening to these people. It's, 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 it's possible, and I might even venture to say likely, that they chose a spiritual path to experience an injustice that they may have inflicted on others to understand deeply what it feels like, the consequences of their actions. If someone is experiencing that type of learning as a result of doing something inappropriate to someone else, if we had that visibility, we may not judge it as harshly or we may judge it differently. That's so true. So I think we have to always remember that we don't see the big picture. We don't know exactly what's happening at the spiritual level. And therefore, it is hard to watch. It's hard to hear about. We have to understand that we just don't know and there are things we don't understand. And it's really not our place to judge because we don't have that full picture. Mm, yes, yes. Yeah, I hear a lot of wisdom that there, especially when it comes to the big picture. It's almost being, when we judge, it's almost like being almost arrogant in a way, trying to play God. Although I believe everything is God. But yeah, I mean, coming from that space, which is pure and, and knows everything. I guess what doesn't resonate is the, the story. I try not to come up with new stories for whatever is happening. So I choose to let the body feel the feelings, just let them pass, whatever it is, instead of trying to, oh no, this is, I, I think I tried this before for sure, you know, seeing Horrible things. I remember traveling when I was in France, seeing a woman being attacked by another woman and she had a dog. She was holding a little dog. And I remember 
saying that to myself, like, ah, she probably did something, you know, to deserve that. Uh, That's karma at play. So it didn't feel right. And I remember having actually troubles to sleep at that night because of that, creating that, that story. Really, the heart was close to it. So I guess that's why I, I try not to kind of create, tell the mind anything. When I see something, I feel it and I cry if I have to. And I try to release as much as possible, but I, I just let it be. I let the body do its thing. Absolutely. And, and you know, that's a process I call triggering in my own practice. And when something touches us deeply like that, and I can absolutely understand why that was very upsetting, <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When something triggers us deeply, it's a sign that we are carrying some sort of pain that is mm. resonant with that experience. Mm. And that, right. that experience that you are witnessing is helping you heal probably an injustice that you suffered that was very similar. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, being abused as a child. Yes. Right. Yes. Or even even a ah. karma, you know, an imprint, like a past mm. life imprint or a family thread of energy. Certainly, yes, in your own experience. So your process of allowing that emotion to move through you and allowing it to leave and clear as it does is the perfect remedy that is allowing that energy to leave. Ah, yes. That took me years to learn that. <laughs> ah, <laughs> years. But yes, yeah, that's true, Sarah. That's exactly that. Something in me is being triggered. Yeah, some energies yeah, for, from what happened. And also myself being abused as a child and then seeing animals too be, yes. being abused by others. Oh, that was just so traumatizing. So, yes, we talked off record again. I remember made a note here, which I can't read really, as I said to you, but get your ground. I think this is the uh, 30 minute. Yeah, talk to me about that because I can't read my handwriting, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> Uh, so I have these amazing digital tools that are, they're, they're, they're sessions and you listen and the energy healing comes through. There's research to show that this is a wonderful way to deliver energy. And all you have to do is listen. I have this beautiful session called Get Your Ground and it's available for free anytime you need it. If you're having trouble sleeping, if you're feeling disturbed by world events, if you feel ungrounded. Uh, give this a listen, and it really can balance both your body, your mind, and your energy all in one as you listen to the session. That sounds wonderful. And I do have the link here, your website link, raisinenergy.com. Is that where we can find the Get Your Ground? That is correct. I'll have the link there. I do have another question for you. Do you meet your clients in person and online as well, uh, Sarah, or just in person? And you offer these. Uh, yeah, talk to me about how do you interact with your clients? So I I do both. I A large portion of my business is virtual for people that are not able to come to me, people around the world, uh, either over phone or Zoom, depending on what the client prefers. And then I do also do in-person sessions in my wellness center in Virginia. And I do one-on-one sessions as well as these digital sessions that are more of a self-help tool, but they are very powerful too. Mm, Yes. And would you say that meeting them in person or via Zoom, it's more effective than by phone or it it is as effective? 
They are just as effective, but I like to tell people it's really what they feel that matters. If they feel it's very important for them to see me in person, they come. I have people that live 10 minutes down the road and they come, they choose to work with me over the phone. So it's it's really the client's preference, what they feel like doing for themselves. Yes, I like that. I like that sense of freedom too. So another question, well, this is a comment I want to make, if you don't mind, about the book that you're writing. So would you be able to share anything about the topic? (laughs) I am writing a book to explain how working with our energy, our mind, and our body can heal what has been labeled untreatable. Wow. So the topic in your book that will be solo, it's not the same as the chapter that you wrote for the art and truth of transformation for women. Do they relate somehow, overlap somehow? The art and truth of transformation for women chapter really talks about how I became a healer Um, and my personal journey. This book is a how-to and I plan on doing something that I think is really groundbreaking. I plan on delivering energy healing in this book and I'm so, so excited about it. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. I mean, I have to use that word again because I feel that, Sarah, when I'm read certain books, that the energetic resonance in the book, I have visions, I have my, my dreams that are different. So something changed. And of course, I was I'm very much always, I have been this way, open to the mystery and what is always here that I can't see. But I didn't know that that would be possible to um, infuse that energy. I mean, everything's energy, obviously, but somehow, you know, making so many copies of the book, I, I, would, I thought that would, it could be lost, that energy could be lost. But it doesn't. It's, um, no. huh, how interesting. And I'm going to do it with intention as well. So obviously, when we read people's teachings, we do. Uh, awareness opens things within us and we do feel our energy shift. This is going to go with an intentional healing, a clinical aspect of delivering healing as you read parts of this book. So I'm, I'm, I, I really do feel like it's going to be a groundbreaking thing, um, and I can't wait. I can't oh wait God. to get it out there. <laughs> me too. Please uh, let me know so I can get a copy and feel that because I love when I, I can kind of feel the transmission of whatever it is that's here in a powerful way, in an in a obvious way, because sometimes it's just very subtle and we can't really describe or know exactly. I have interviewed somebody, wow, long ago, but it's amazing how as soon as I finished the interview, it's always, for me, it happens in the nighttime. So I felt already different. And then when I went to sleep, then I had lots of confirmations for, for the things that I was asking for the answer, questions I had, and I was looking for the answer. And then that day, it came to me. And so that's how I knew. Lovely. And we never talked about anything like personal or anything. We just had a conversation like this. And then something stayed with me. It was so amazing. But you see, this is just, it's an experience. And that's why I try not to hold on to experiences that much. Because I know the individual experiences. Because I know what we are trying to do here, I believe, all of us. It's, it's to share universal truth universal wisdom, which has to do with helping everybody. Uh, it's bringing humanity into the field of, of pure consciousness. 
it really feels that way. So I try to focus more on that than in, on personal, individual um, kind of experiences. And that's why I never intentionally did psychedelics or anything like that, because it didn't... I mean, it's great. The insights are wonderful. And I love having experiences, meaningful ones, deep ones, but I usually don't look for them for some mm-hmm. reason. Yes, very beautiful. Let's see. Um, oh, yes, I do. I, so we're almost at the end. I do have the ending questions for you here. But before that, I made a note here that I can't read about uh, the subconscious mind. You, you talked about that. So I guess the question that I have been asking here, I guess I'm trying to find the answer myself, is the difference between the subconscious mind and the unconscious mind. Any thoughts, Sarah? I personally view them as the same. I've never thought of the difference. Uh, to, to me, there's the conscious mind, which is what we know about, and the sub or unconscious mind, which we don't know about. It's under the surface, hidden from our awareness. And so from my healing perspective, that is how I differentiate the two is to tap into. So I'm able through my intuition to tap into that subconscious mind to bring forth blockages in the energy, the body, the mind that are hampering our our health. And so we bring the subconscious into the conscious basically. So that allows them to be healed. Uh, But that's really how I view the split. Yes, yes. Yeah, try, I guess, asking the question here because I read a lot. I read in Vedanta, they talk a lot about the unconscious mind. They never talk about the unconscious, always the subconscious. They always talk about the unconscious. So I guess that's why I'm curious about it. But I never, I could never get a clear answer to for some reason. Ah, maybe I should just let go of that question. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. <laughs> that might be my message. So you help people with chronic infections, chronic anxiety, cancer, bowel disease, chronic pain, difficulty, uh, difficult surgery, recovery, traumatic brain injury, and more. I know it looks like this is what you specialize in, but you actually... You could help anyone with any other kinds of problems, Sarah, anyone who is listening to this episode and and they might be curious or interested in contacting you. Would that be appropriate? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So it's open to anything. Could be anxiety, depression. Okay. Wonderful to know. Yep. And and even spiritual stuckness, you know. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's a good one. <laughs> just stuck at work. You're stuck yeah. in your life. You're not able to leave a relationship. I work with those things um, as well. And energy is usually a very quick way to get moving, to figure out what is hindering your progress so that you can actually get moving. Ah, wonderful. And you actually mentioned before about feeling good. So if you're not feeling well, feeling good, this is, it's it's a sign, isn't it? To, to look for help. That's Yeah, because we want to fix that before before heavy-duty illness is created, we want the body to be healthy and unburdened, and we we need to feel good for that. So if something is dragging you down, find help. Find a way to shift that feeling, whatever it is for you, the listener, because you don't want that to manifest in a deeper dysfunction down the road. Yes, uh, beautifully said, wisely said. Thank you so much, Sarah for being you again, for doing what you do. Thank you. 
You're welcome. So before I ask you my ending questions, is there anything that you left unsaid? Anything that would love to be present? <laughs> and I didn't ask the question. Was there there's anything there that wants to be here? I just want to remind the audience that your mind, your body, your soul is all connected. We think of these parts of us as separate, but they are not. They are intimately connected. And time and time again, I have healed cancer and bowel disease by working with the consciousness, the mind and the energy and the physical body. I work with all of it, but I don't prescribe. I don't, it's all energy what I do. And that can result in unbelievable physical healing and very fast, very fast response. So I would just remind you that this type of healing can work because we are one integrated system, not separate buckets. Mm, yes, a billion times to that truth. Yes. Thank you so much for saying that too. So wow. my ending questions, I'll ask you this one that I usually ask everyone for some reason. What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? That they can feel deep love for themselves and another, whoever that other might be, whether it's a pet, a person, but feeling that deep love between beings. To be able to completely savor something in the present moment, you know, whether it's eating an orange, whether it's that gorgeous <laughs> sunset, just really being able to be completely 100% present and savoring the beauty that our body has to offer us. Because when the soul is out of that body, we don't have our five senses. And so we take them for granted as we are physical beings here all the time. Uh, so that's the second thing that I would... Um, want everyone to be able to deeply appreciate their five senses and something that brings them pleasure or joy. And honestly, I, what's coming to mind is the joy of, of helping others. So if you've never been able to be in touch with your gifts, I, I, I think it's so, so special for us to be able to own our gifts, to know what those are, why we're here, and to be able to use those for the benefit of others. And I know it brings me such deep satisfaction and joy to be able to help people heal. I would encourage any anyone listening to this to just really sit with, what is my gift and how could I really use it if I'm not already, you know, if it's something in the closet, if it's something that I always, I love to do, but I've not done it or I've not found an outlet for it. Maybe it's art, maybe it's music. Um, I just think it's, it's a very special thing for people to be able to share their gifts in a way that's deeply fulfilling. Mm. Yes. Um, wow. <laughs> Listening to you, it's like a, a guided meditation. It's a, a prayer. <laughs> It's, it really is, really, really is. Um, I love the presence of, of the, your voice too, the sound, um, which yeah, everything's energy. So, of course, <laughs> you are, you're reflecting that beautifully. Thank you oh, so thank much you. again. Thank you, Sarah, for being you. And before we say goodbye again, the website. 
Thank you for listening. To learn more about Sarah Lascano and her work, please visit RayZenEnergy.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.